Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode 55, the Skip Schumacher edition. I'm your host, Coop. Tonight we have some people here to talk Reds baseball with you, and let's start with the sponsor of the podcast, Callie. How are you tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm just thinking about uh, sending you the invoice for the next year's sponsorship. <laughs> when should I expect that? Uh, presently. Whatever. Soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get that to me. I got you. We'll go over it. <laughs> we also have Burmy on tonight. Burmy, how are you doing? I'm good, Coop. And uh, in reference to the invoice, it's already there in the famous words of Lone Star. Um, I also want to give a shout out to, uh, you know, at Anarch Ram. Shout out to Ram. Shout out to Ram. Shout out Ram. Shout out to Ram. So tonight, the first thing we're going to talk about before we jump into the hot fucking stove is Wade Miley. The Red signed Wade Miley to a two-year contract with a, I don't know if it's a club option or a vesting option, but anyway, two years, $15 million. Last year, he was a two-war pitcher for the Astros. He... Had a rough September, which he attributes to tipping pitches. We'll see if that was the case or not. He was left off the ALDS or the ALCS and the World Series roster by the Astros because of him getting lit up. Probably spells the end of Tyler Malley being penciled into the rotation at the beginning of the year, barring any trades or injuries. So I wanted to get your all's opinions on that. So let's start with you, Burmy. Give me your thoughts on Wade Miley and what he means going forward. I think the signing of Wade Miley, while obviously nothing sexy, is very – it's fantastic for the Reds in the uh, realm of the fact that they don't ever have left-handed starting pitching. You know, you think back – and I'm not talking the games here and there, the 10 starts Cody Reed's made, nothing – you know, John Lamb here and there – not that. I'm talking a full season of a left-handed starting pitcher. When was the last time that you know that they had that? Was that like Eric Milton? Pro- know, I probably. Mean, yeah, I mean, the last good one, Pete Shurik or uh, John Smiley, know, probably. Yeah, like they've had spot starts here and there. You know, or spots, I say starts, but spots, parts of the season with left-handed pitching, but it, it doesn't seem to stick around, you know, for very long. So, I, I think it's refreshing that we're going to have a left-hand starting pitcher out there. Um, you know, they, like you said, had a two war last year. Um, he's a career 50% ground ball percentage. That plays a great American ballpark. Um, he had a, I mean, I know ERA is a whatever stat. It was under four last year in the American league. Solid, you know, now he gets, now he gets a pitcher every ninth hitter. So, you know, I, I think it's a, you know, it's one of those moves that, like I said, nothing sexy, but you know, not everybody's going to be a high end guy. And as a fan base, obviously everybody's clamoring for a you know a bunch of high end signings, but this is the kind of glue that keeps the house together. Well, Wade Miley has if if there's one thing consistent about him is his inconsistency. Uh, when he was in Arizona, he had a year 
2012 where he was an all-star. His only all-star appearance hit a 122 ERA plus, followed it up with a 109 ERA plus. And then 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017 were pretty much hot, hot, hot garbage. And then he got to Milwaukee in 2018, had an excellent year for the – he only had 16 starts, but he had a he had a 159 ERA plus. And then last year in Houston, outside of the last month of the season, even with that last month of the season, he had a 116 ERA plus. So, Cali. Give me your thoughts on Wade Miley and what we can expect from him. Uh, I saw a lot of people extremely upset about it, and I don't, I'm not really sure I get where that is coming from. It's not it's pleasant. A couple people were upset about it. I don't understand that. Like, angry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that it warrants any kind of anger. I mean, it's a pretty safe contract. It's two years. It's, it's not that much money. I mean, it's great to have a lefty in the rotation. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing, but like Fermi said, it's really not like flashy. It's not. It's not some like blockbuster move. And I get why. I don't know. We all kind of want something big to happen because I think a lot of people are really begging on this being our year. But I don't know stuff like this. Like like you said, it kind of keeps the house together. You need guys like that that hopefully can, you know, be a solid like back into the rotation pitcher. Right. I mean. He's he's going to be at best the fourth starter. Yeah. Two years, fifteen million dollars for a guy who had a two WAR last year. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think I think it's right. It's I think it's a good signing. I mean, obviously, it's not you know Nick Castellanos or Marcelo Zuna or whatever, but this is an okay sign. It's okay to like this signing. It's not going to yeah. blow your socks fine. off. Right. It's fine. I know people who had some very impassioned defenses of Tyler Malley, but the fact of the matter is Tyler Malley gave up a shit ton of home runs last year. A shit ton but, of home but runs. But everybody gave up home runs with the juice ball coop. Yeah, and when you give up a high amount compared to everybody else playing with the same ball, it's a lot of home runs. Yeah, he does not really impress me a whole lot. Like, he, he's fine, too. He's just not – he just does not really do it for me. My biggest thing with Tyler Malley is he gets tired as the season goes on. You can't trust him the third time through the rotation. You can't or, trust him. You know, he's the perfect opener. He can go four innings, four or five innings tops. If he's really on, you can get him through six because that's basically like a couple guys will see him three times and that's it. But to me, Tyler Malley, his, I don't know if it's a stamina issue. I don't know if it's the mental grind of the season, but I feel like in Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe the stats proved me wrong. I haven't delved into his monthly splits. But I feel like every time August and September comes around, he's gassed. You know? I right. Mean, I, I, he just – I don't know what it is. Maybe he's a reliever. I, you know? And that's fine too. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's do a little quick dive into the numbers here. Let's do it. Wait. Also, I'm, lo- I'm looking up Wade Miley's baseball savant page right now. Mm-hmm. And his hard hit percentage against is great. His, you know, opponent slugging and, you know, the WOBA and everything is categorized as above average. His K percentage is low. Okay, I don't really care. As they say in Bull Durham, more ground balls, it's more democratic. And he just has really poor fastball velocity. If he can place it, why do I care how fast he throws it? 
So look, I'm I'm looking at fan graphs here. So yeah, home runs per nine innings. Tyler Malley gave up 1.74 last year. That's you know one and three quarters home runs per nine innings. Uh, Wade Miley was 1.24. So over so that's a half a home run basically less per nine innings. And when you're talking about guys who are only pitching five and six innings, I mean that's a significant difference. That that Funny, t- I, I never saw that. Me- I ne- oh no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was saying I never saw that mentioned by certain people on Twitter. I'm just saying. So yeah, and like like you were saying earlier, his ground ball percentage last year was 49, percent 52 percent for his career. Is that right? 49 percent for his career too. Sorry, I was looking at his uh, steamer projection. So when you're talking about Great American Ballpark, and you know it gets beaten into the into the ground about it being a small park, but especially if you're playing with the if if you're playing with a juice ball, who knows what the ball is going to? We don't know what the ball is going to be next year. You got to keep the ball on the ground. You just do. Even against you know left-handed hitting, somebody can just yank that ball right into the Reds bullpen at Great American Ballpark. It's. I also think part of the success um, that a lot of just pitchers in general, you know, for some reason people love NL West pitching, right? Sure. I've harped on this before. Look at the ballparks they play in out there. Outside Colorado, everything's extremely pitcher friendly. Yeah. You 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 come and you go to any other. I mean, you could argue that the AL Central plays in bigger parks too. Like I know the White Sox have a big ballpark. The Twins. Maybe not the easiest. Kansas City, I know, is pretty even. You know, I don't know. What would you – I mean, if you're a left-handed hitter, Cleveland's easy. If you're a right-handed hitter, it's a nightmare. You know, and then Detroit's Detroit. I mean, I think Detroit's a pretty average park, too. Correct me if you've heard something else. So, no, other than that – Detroit, they did move the fences in, but it, okay. it still plays pretty fair. Outside of, you know, the AL Central being, I would say, more pitcher-friendly on the scale – the NL West is extremely pitcher-friendly. So anybody that's ever pitched out there, which Wade has done, you know, we said he was an all-star in 2012 with the Diamondbacks, correct? Uh, yeah, that was his only all-star appearance. Yeah. So his, his numbers are probably really good pitching in these big ballparks. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Yin Jin Ryu probably doesn't have the year he has last year if he's pitching for the Phillies. You know what I mean? You have to come and play in these bigger ball, you know, these smaller ballparks. You know, on on in this part of the country, where for whatever reason, it feels like besides, like I said, besides Coors, all these hitter-friendly ballparks are in this side of the country. Callie, your thoughts? Uh, I like Miley better. I, I like him better. Um, for some reason, I just don't trust Ty- Tyler Malley, and I think that it'll be good that he's reunited with his former pitching coach, where he had. I don't know. I think that they just had a good rapport. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to him, and I just. I want to like Tyler Malley. I don't dislike him, but he just does not do it for me. I don't dislike Tyler Malley either. I, I think that he just he didn't perform to the level where I am comfortable handing him a rotation spot next year. So maybe he starts. I, I think that that could honestly end in disaster. That could end in you losing twenty percent of games. <laughs> and other than. I think that one year a few years ago where the Reds only had six people who started a game, you're going to have to have more than five starting pitchers. So if you have Tyler Malley at AAA working on things, that that's okay to start the season. And he no, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think I think that, that 
wouldn't necessarily be bad for him. It's, I mean, right. I think that he can pitch at major league level, but I think that he could definitely use some, you know, just some fine tuning before you do hand him that spot and give him that kind of responsibility, especially during a year when I think it's sort of crucial that we contend. Right. It's, and, and it's a big year. It's, it's not, it's not just a, uh, we're not going to be any good. So, you know, whatever, give the guy a chance. It doesn't matter. It, it does matter. So I think they need to be particular about who they're actually giving those rotation spots to. And, and I don't think anybody's given up on him. I mean, he's, no. he, he's 25. Yes. But that doesn't mean that it's time to turn the page or try to get rid of him or anything at his lowest point. I think it's just like you said, he just needs some fine tuning. Maybe he needs to, you know, maybe develop another pitch or change his approach, something to where he's not, you know, giving up bomb after bomb. Yeah. I just want to see a little bit more consistency from him. And I, I know that might sound silly considering I know that Miley has not always been super consistent either, but I just, I don't know, I'm ready for something a little bit different. And I, I've seen what Tyler has done and I like the guy. I just, I don't know, right. he's a little rough around the edges, and I, I think that he needs a little bit more time, like I said, fine-tuning that before you designate him that spot. And you know what? Trevor Bauer's probably gone after next season, so if he oh, yeah. if he works on his stuff this year and he gets to the point where he, he meets his potential, then you slot him right into the rotation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't think Bauer's going to be here either. Right. At all. <laughs> Which is fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> for for a myriad of reasons. Um, That'd be all right. <laughs> so, w- other things going on in the hot fucking stove. There's really not been a whole lot of movement, free agent wise, outside of Wade Miley in terms of the Reds. I mean, there's there's talk that they're still interested in Castellanos, Nozuna. There was a little bit of talk that they might be interested in, in Dickerson, and these are obviously outfielders. Trade market really has not gotten into full steam yet which i mean the the dodgers the big dodgers trade last year happened like right before christmas last year so i'm not too worried yet especially since those big bats are still out there obviously anthony rendon was never coming here what garrett cole was never coming here so barmy what do you make of the kind of lull in the outfield bat market right now and do you think there's going to be some kind of trigger to get that going. It, it's tough to say because this offseason has been much more proactive than last offseason. Like people are actually signing contracts. It's, it's pretty wild. But in terms of, the, I mean, obviously, shout out to Branch, Yasiel Puig is still available. So that's always an option. I know Branch, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that for Branch. I, I think if you're going to go out there and get a and it's tough to say, do you want a right or a left fielder? I mean, I would prefer a guy that would play both. So we could play Winker and left for one and Aquino and right for the other. But, you know, go out there and get a, a corner outfielder. It's probably going to take a trade. And luckily, yeah. the, Reds, the Reds have a lot of prospects. And I'm not saying that every prospect they have is great. But I think they have enough that they could go out and get a deal done. And it wouldn't necessarily, you know, deplete the farm system and cost them a lot but at the same time i think they have that tantalizing piece that can really get the job done like a jonathan india or tony santian or something like that um to go out there and get a upper upper middle class version of what they have in the corner of the outfield right now 
if that makes sense. No, it does, and I'm still intrigued by the possibility of taking on a bad contract like a David Price if they throw in, you know, Andrew Benintendi or Mookie Betts. Holy shit. To get to get Andrew Benintendi and Mookie Betts, they would rob us blind. No, I'm saying either or in addition to Price. Oh, it's like, Jesus Christ. I think to get Andrew Benintendi, I mean, we'd have to give up, like, either Lorenzen or Garrett. That's not even a question. They're going to ask for one of the top two relievers. And sadly, that's not Rizal Iglesias right now. I'd, I mean, I'd give them, if if you got David Price and Andrew Benintendi, i give them Senzel and yeah. uh, your choice of Santian or India. And you're going to need more than that. Oh, I know. There's, there's, there's going to be more. But I'm probably, just saying it's like a... Probably Winker. Probably Winker. Possible, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Winker, Senzel, say India. I'd do that. I, I would, too, and I would give him Hunter Green, too. For I mean, I would be fine unloading whatever they asked for. I mean, truthfully, if you could get Price and Benintendi, or, I mean, Price and Betts would be way more expensive. I mean, oh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be more expensive, obviously. Although but, Betts is at one year left, and Benintendi is still under control for what? I, I think he's three years? Probably. I mean, Benintendi has more value, but I think Betts would, would return, you know, get more of all. Because he's just got Artemi Panarin, you would tell you that he, you know, it's cool, and then it's not cool. So, and then, and then he'll leave you, just like everyone else does. So, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, honestly, though, I think going out and just trying to get bets alone, I think bets alone can be done with like a Rizal Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen, Amir Garrett, Jonathan India, and then maybe like Aquino or Winker to play the position for the year before they sign someone bigger. That's a shit ton for one year, though. I know, I'm saying, but that that, that that's just what I think it would take. I got you. Callie, your thoughts yeah. on uh, the remaining free agents and or trade market? I do think it would take a whole lot to get him. There are no prospects that I would not give up currently just to get someone that I feel like could contribute to a contending team in 2020. There, there's just not one of them. I used to be really excited about Hunter Green, and it's it's past. I don't know. I I would have held on to him a couple years ago, and now I just I just want to win this season. And if that means giving up all of them, fine. Um, I'd rather give up Aquino than Winker. Just myself. For some reason, I don't really trust last season, and that that's going to be any kind of indication as to how he's going to play in the future. I mean, I think he's going to be good. I just... I don't know. I think that was a flash in the pan. So, God, to get Price or Benatendi. Well, and I know the, the Red Sox are crying poor, but they're not poor. No, they're not poor. They're, None of them are poor. None of these teams are poor. No. <laughs> David Price obviously is on the backside of his career, and he has $96 million over the next three years coming to him. That's why they're talking about him. Is They're just trying to clear that space for signing whoever or trading for whoever next year. So it'll be an interesting uh, few weeks here. Hopefully something before the Reds caravan, which is in the middle of January, because the Reds definitely need another bat, if not two. So faux show. No, I've never been to the caravan. I went to the caravan when it was in Athens when I was at OU. Was it fun? It was okay. I mean, it was cool. Like it was just Athens. There was like there's like one strip mall that you have to drive to from campus, but it's not that far. 
and that's where Brandon Phillips was. That was like the main person, I guess. And they went around the room asking if anybody had any questions. So I raised my hand first, and they came in the back, and they were like, what would you like to ask? I was like, yeah, is this for a dad dude, BP? What bars you hitting up tonight, big guy? And everybody <laughs>, laughed, ha, ha, ha. And he looks back and goes, probably and it was three bars. So we're like, cool, man, we'll see you there. And then, so I gathered up a bunch of my friends uh, in a sorority, and we were like, hey, we're going to walk over. And we went over to this bar and posted up, and sure enough, he showed up at like 1130. And I don't know if he drinks now. He didn't drink when he was playing, at least that's what he told us. So he didn't drink, but he bought us like four rounds of shots. And he took a bunch of pictures with the girls, but none with the dudes. So, <laughs> so we'll move on to our next topic, and that is the return of the live reading of today in Red's Facebook. Ooh. My favorite. Wait. I love it. So obviously the Reds signed Wade Miley and uh, made it official today. So there's a, there was a few uh, comments here we're going we're gonna to take a look at. Kevin says, what they have on the staff is already better than signing. They want to... Let me try that again. Because it's hard to read with horrible grammar. What they have on the staff is already better than signing. They went to the clearance rack, then overpaid. We're literally in December... Just like three more months. It's not the. Wait, they overpaid on Miley's contract. Yeah. Oh it's my god. Okay. All right. What What year is this guy living in? Uh, I don't know. He said, grabbing not... another. He said, grabbing another Mickey Slim out of the fridge. <laughs> Barry. I did not pay his child support. Ouch. Barry says, and again, these are hard to read. So bear with me. Still two years away from Game 5 of the World Series. Got to get rid of Votto and free up some more money for a young gun. A young gun? Also, two years. And but Game 5? Game 5 of the World Series? What? He was... Would that not be in, like, October? I'm... Yeah. I'm lost on that one. Thomas says... Again, these are hard to read. Maybe I don't... Maybe I don't watch those baseball because my team, I don't know, is no good. But who's this guy? Never heard of him. Coop, what did you do something about the Kentucky education system? I don't know where he's from or how old he is because I can't see. I didn't save the picture, but. You know, not, not on a political stance whatsoever. I've seen that deleting Facebook is a new thing. It was a hashtag for a while. It was trending, if you will. And this is actually why you should delete Facebook because this is the content of Facebook. It's time for it to go. This is a beast that we all created, and it all you got to do is delete it. Just let it go. It's so bad. But we're not done yet. No. This is so <laughs> bad. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I did not have one coherent thought. We, hold on. It gets better. It's like, Bill, it's like Billy Madison. Nowhere in your rambling incoherent response. Jim says... You formulate anything that can be considered a rational thought. Jim says, had to be smiling, too, for $7.5 million, only working once every five days. That's not, that's not how it works. Oh fucking God. Yes, he does nothing else. He doesn't, doesn't train. Yeah. He doesn't work out. Nope. He doesn't nope. watch film. All he does is pitch that game, and that's all he does. He pretty much plays Call of Duty for four and a half days and pitches. Also, Jim seems like someone who was married for like 35 years and then doesn't want to pay alimony for like, I don't know. Or she died. He probably has like 72 kids that are his or something and just stayed home and raised them all. 
Jim definitely got divorced like three times. And jo- like two annulments, but he doesn't count those. Joshua says, now just trade Winker and we're good. But, That's well, just an interesting take, though. That's actually, you know what, though? We've talked about that a lot. So the fact that he just says, ah, trade, you know, I'm okay with the Miley signing. Just trade Winker. It's like, okay, well, if, if he gave any kind of support behind it, it'd be like, all right, you know, maybe you have a reason. Yeah, but trade says, for what, buddy? Yeah. What, what would you like to trade him for? You just don't like him, want to get rid of him? That long, that long neck motherfucker, I'm tired of him. <laughs> Wearing those fucking Wu-Tang shirts. <laughs> he looks like that, what's that kid's name? Daddy Longneck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob says, since he's wearing number 22, did we release Dietrich? Yeah. Yeah. Rob, oh, was like earlier in the offseason. Yeah. Maybe a little bit sad, though. I was like, oh, man, I was so fucking pumped for that last season. I'm so excited for titties. And then he, yeah. All good things come to an end. All right, you're going to have to bear with me on this one again. Christ. Ben says, another career 500 pitcher. Why can't we get a true number one stud? Since our last World Series win 30 years ago, we've been to the playoffs four times and under 500 for the last six years. What you're doing is not working. The Reds are the oldest franchise with a storied past. Let's get that back. Hashtag Reds since 75. That is fucking exhausting. There's a lot to unpack there. Ben, if you're looking for the Reds a didn't really have that good at pitching in '75. Ben's or looking for a stud. That guy. Yeah. Talk. That mm. did not actually. Oh, ben. ben, your wife's been looking for a number one stud since '75 too. Really tend to trust people that use the word stud in basic conversation. Not interested. Unless you were raising horses, don't use the word stud. Even yeah. then, I'm, well, if you're raising horses, aside from Casey, not really interested in talking to Shout out to Casey. Shout out to Kentucky Reds. <laughs> Shout out to Casey. Love Casey. Shout out to Casey. All right. The name really makes this, but I can't say the guy's whole name. Oh, no. Dan says, keep, <laughs> keep me coming. Nice addition. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, keep me coming. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh wait. Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's extremely <laughs> unfortunate. So that'll uh, bring us to the listener questions. Earlier today I asked the Twitterverse to submit their questions using the hashtag Steve Hates Wade. No other explanation needed. <laughs> Our first question comes from Greg Greg Borchers at Greg Borchers. Shout out to Greg. He asked he asks hashtag Steve hates Wade. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely, one hundred percent yes. Not only is Die Hard a Christmas movie, it's the best Christmas movie. No, I will die on this fucking hill. No, you are wrong because Christmas Vacation is the best Christmas movie of all time. Christmas Vacation is number two. No, it's not. It's number fucking one. I've Die never Hard. Seen Die Hard. And what? frankly, I'm. I almost don't want to see it because. Wait, wait. Of nope. The- nope. Settle down here. It's something about some stupid ass dinner party. Oh my! Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! Fucking Willis! Oh! Oh my god! I'm gonna have a stroke. You've never seen Die Hard. No, and I can pretty much guarantee you that Christmas Vacation is still better. No, it's not. 
How? It is. No. Oh my God. Yeah. You've not. How? Oh how? How? How have you never seen Die Hard? It's one of the best movies ever made. Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. It is. It's. It happens at a Christmas party what makes at Christmas. It a Christmas movie? It, it's set around a Christmas party at Christmas. A dinner party. No, there's no dinner. It's December. a Christmas party. And you have Ellis snorting Coke in the guy's office. And then the oh, band. Oh, Steve? Nobody Steve? mentioned cocaine. There's cocaine in the movie. You should you should watch it. My yearly watching I'll of Die Hard is going to happen this weekend. I, I mean, I'll watch it throughout the year, too. But I always make sure to watch it right before Christmas because it's the best Christmas movie. I will consider watching it, but you're not going watch to it. Yeah. It's the best. You know what another good Christmas movie is? Die Hard. Die Hard 2. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It also happens at Christmas. No. Bad Santa is a very oh. good Christmas movie. Bad Bad Santa fucks. Bad Santa fucks. Billy Bob Thornton was made for, for that role. I'm Correct. He followed him around in a Santa suit and said, dude, get hammered, do whatever you want to do. And then they wrote a movie around how he acts all the time in a Santa suit. My favorite line in Bad Santa. He's in the changing room, you know, doing the whatever with the lady. He goes, you're not going to be able to shit right for a week. <laughs> My favorite line of that movie is when he looks that kid dead in the face and makes this disgusted. He, he could not look more grossed out. And he says, your name is Thurman Merman. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you and the fucking sandwiches? <laughs> but yes, Jesus. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, Greg. Right. Burmy, do you agree? Um, you know, I think uh, if you would like to call it a Christmas movie, go for it. Because it is. My... My favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story, and not because it's played all day on Christmas. I never watched it on Christmas, because when we were young, my parents would sit us down, and we watched it during the holiday season every year, one time as a family, and I cherish those memories. Oh, That's very sweet. Isn't that just fucking sweet? Yes, and I, I understand that some people don't like that movie, and that's fine. No, that's it's fine. Movie. It's fine. I like, I like it. It's, it's in my top favorite, ten. But I enjoy it. Yeah, it's you in my top ten. You can never get away with certain scenes now. <clears throat> oh, that's that's pretty much any show that's been made or anything Correct. from 10 years or, or prior. Correct. So, Burma, you had the next question. Ooh. You didn't use the hashtag, though. So I'm, I'm gonna yes, I did. No, yes, didn't. I did. No, you didn't? Yes, I did. You had two questions. One, you used the hashtag, and one, you didn't. What was the one I didn't use the hashtag on? The question was, why hasn't anyone offered to monetize the Hunt for Reds October podcast yet? <laughs> That's because I didn't tweet that at you. I just tagged you in the tweet. We need, well, I mean, we have the sponsor on with us, and that would be one way to monetize the podcast. Hey, at advertisers, Roman Swipes, Blue Chews, Trojan Condoms. Yeah, I can make reads for dick pills, too, just like everybody else. Yeah. I oh tried God. to get cash this morning asking for a sugar daddy, but nobody responded to me. That's a shame. Well, I went for the podcast. <laughs> yes, I would like a sugar daddy so we could monetize the podcast. That's true. You bitch about a laptop like every yeah, I need a laptop. minutes or so. This laptop. So I was trying to get you a laptop, and I got no bites. This hey, you know what? Why don't we start a GoFundMe for Goof Laptop? Start it, yes. Do that GoFundMe. For the, the, I can't do a Patreon because I just don't have time to do premium content. I mean, this, this, your content's premium right now. This is fucking you just, premium. 
What's the difference between like this and pre- like, the only difference is like on for a premium you would have like you with cleavage. Like there's no difference between the content. It's just Burmy, I hate to break it to you, but I already have cleavage because I'm fat. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Burmy actually had the ne- the next question. Hashtag Steve hates Wade. Would you rather have dinner with Clint Hurdle or Tom? Oh my God. I'm going to say Clint Hurdle because he'll at least get mad and leave. Ooh, that is an angle I did not expect you to take. Tom, I would end up going to jail. Mm. You know who loves this restaurant? Kyle Schwarber. You know where Kyle Schwarber's from? He's from Middletown. The Middies. The, the Middies. The fighting Middies. The waiter comes over and Tom goes, I think I'll have some za." <laughs> Tom takes a bite of his dinner and just goes, oh, doctor. <laughs> this is legitimately one of the hardest questions I've ever been asked. <laughs> he, I think uh, I would go to dinner with Tom only because Clint would be petty enough to come pick me up in the middle of it, take me to go get cheesecake, and then let me go home. Clint would just throw the bill at you. Tom would take one bite of his chicken parm, throw his and fork. Send it back. He'd throw his fork down and be like, "You just have you have to wonder if that that chef's ever going to get it." <laughs> oh Jesus, fuck! I don't. You know what? How much do I have to pay to get out of the scenario? What What's the third option? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a price for everything. The se- Allie's like, one of those Allie's like, I can just eat tandoori chicken on my couch. Why the hell would I do this? Callie, the why would I ever? ever leave my house to do this. Callie, the third option is gym day. Ooh. Oh, fuck me. You know I don't even care. Either one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh. So, I'm surprised gym day hasn't killed Jesse Wicker yet. I... Because he looks like a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, no. Buckeye State Sports says, hashtag Steve hates Wade. Top three Christmas songs of all time. I'm not. A, I'm not a big Christmas song guy. I, I tell you, I tell you which one is not in my top three and it's in my bottom three. Well, there's two of them. One, the date rape song. The one you know, right, baby, rough. it's cold outside. I'm gonna rip you. And <laughs> I mean, listen. It's not funny. Read the lyrics. I don't know why I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Read the lyrics. It's about when date rape. When was that song written? It's like the 40s or 50s. Back when like date 40s, rape was just yeah, you know like, like a whole. The poor girl knew what was coming. Cosby was innovating it at the time. But the absolute worst Christmas song. Are you ready? Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply oh. having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful that's Christmas not, time. That, that, that Simply is. having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply have. <laughs> Exactly. Sir, I want to buy these shoes. But best Christmas songs. No, 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 no. No shoes. No no fucking shoe songs. Where did that even come from? Because I was listening to whatever horrible radio station was on at work a couple years ago, and that's the first time, maybe two years ago, that I heard this depressing, just awful Christmas shoe song. And. That cannot have been around for a long time, right? Is that a new it's, thing? Oh, no, it's been, around, it's been around for like 15 years. You're shitting me. It's awful, no. and I hate it. 
But, but back to the actual question of top three, I mean, Oh, Holy night. That's a classic. Okay. I, I'll put that in there. Um, I like, I like Noel. That, I, I mean, that's all right. Yeah. That's not bad. I, fine. I think if, I think if it's saying, if it's saying like by a choir, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Okay. You get to Buckeye State Sports. Sorry. There's, there's. Oh, and then anything, anything by Michael Bublé is good too. Corey Taylor from Slipknot has a Christmas song. You should look that up. God damn it, Coop. It's, it's actually kind of funny. Burmy loves Michael Bublé. I do like, I do like Michael Bublé. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I respect him. His wife is hot as shit, and yeah. And doesn't know English. Bublé, like, you sly bastard. He's got the right idea. Uh, those, those, They're those never going to get fucking divorced because she's hot as shit and doesn't... I mean, they don't have to talk to each other. It's great. So well, also, he's also, you know, dumb wealthy. So Jonathan Webster... I think she was too, sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was a model or some shit, though. Anyway. Yeah, right. So Jonathan Webster asks, hashtag Steve hates Wade. What would you give Trevor Bauer for Christmas? Trevor probably wants some white sheets for Christmas. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would give Trevor Bauer, I don't know, like a calculus book. Fucking nerd. I'd give him some like NASCAR diecast cards <laughs> or some such shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, buddy. Sydney Price asks, can I come back on the podcast? Hashtag Steve hates Wade. Um, I'll have my people talk to your people. Um, you can find my email at the end of the podcast. All right. So here comes my, here's a very good question. Our friend Jesse Byrne from Australia. At, I like him. At JBSON 1992. So Jesse asks, hashtag Steve hates Wade. What's your all's favorite baseball movie? And if a movie was made about your lives, who would play you? Cheers and cheers. My favorite baseball movie is Major League. Who would play me in a movie? Most of them are dead. Chris Farley, John, John Candy, John, John Candy, um, John Candy's good. John Belushi, the fat comedians yeah, that are no, dead. You're John Candy because the two of you both have very kind eyes and fifteen chins. No, that's, <laughs> like, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> I know, I said it. No, I, I actually I heard Callie say that. It was, it was in there. So, Callie, your favorite baseball movie, and then who plays you in the movie? Ooh, my favorite baseball movie? Um, I think it's A League of Their Own. That's Only a good one. I, it's a great movie. Tom Hanks, one of the best actors of all time, and mm-hmm. one of the first movies that I ever saw as a kid. And when I was like five and six, you know, my mom was trying to put something on TV to satisfy me for 20 minutes it was usually that movie weirdly and i loved it i watched it over and over and over again uh somebody to play me in a movie um gina davis no uh god i have my thoughts gary Gary Busey, maybe no my god god shut the fuck up the (laughs) i i don't know her name but the lady from the new jumanji movies what's her name that would play cat. That lady would play Kelly. Somebody told me the chick from Mad Men once, the redhead from Mad Men. Ooh, Christina Hendricks. Yeah, Christina Hendricks. She is very hot. Christina Hendricks is a fucking smoke. Yeah, I would do weird things to look like Christina Hendricks. I don't know who the Jumanji chick is though. 
I can't think of her name. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? No, but I'm going to look it up. Okay. While you look it up, Burmy, favorite baseball movie, and then who would play you in a movie? Oh, Karen Gillan? Yeah. I am very flattered. She is extremely attractive. Um, <laughs> my, my, my favorite baseball movie, I always pick one that's a good mixture of funny with serious with good plot. And to me, it's Bull Durham. I think it has a, a classic. little bit of everything. A classic. Yeah, it has a little bit of everything. The funniest, I think, is Major League. Um, you know, a series, one that's really good is like The Natural. So I, I think a good mix of, of all of it combined is Paul Durham. And, um, I still to this day tell, you know, I'll get in arguments with friends. Baseball has the best movies of any sport. Not even close. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, agree. I, but, I mean, You're, there's not many good football. I, like, my favorite football movie is obviously The Program. That's the best. Fo- that's the best that's football fair. movie. Remember the Titans is great. Yes. Um, any, any given Sunday is great. Yes. You know there are great football. I, I varsity blues is hilarious. But but not as many. I agree with that. The baseball has the best. Billy Bob, Billy Bob and varsity blues. That's you, Goop. That's oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't know his name either. For, for me, I don't want anybody that looks like me. I would just pick Tom Hanks because he's my favorite actor. So Tom Hanks can play me. That's fair. I guess if I'm just picking my favorite, then then you know what, Susan Sarandon can play me. Hell cool. yeah! Hell she yeah. can also still totally get it. <laughs> oh my god! So what is what is she like? Seventy five. She's she's got to be. Have you seen her? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't she still married to Tim Robbins? I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying. I'm not worried. He can watch. Don't give a fuck. That's Andy Dufresne. over a new leaf, 2020. Not only is that Andy Dufresne, but he was also in Bull Durham yeah. with her. See, someone actually, shout out whoever, mailed me baseball movies this week. Very kind of you. Uh, Bull Durham was one of them, and I've not watched it yet. But I have figured out from the amount of people who have said that that is the best baseball movie ever that that's where you've, I can start. You've never seen you've never Bull seen Durham? Bull Durham. No, I was sent four baseball movies that I've never seen before this week anonymously. So again, thank you. Shout out whoever sent me those. I got Bull Durham, Eight Men Out, Field Great of movie, Dreams, and shit. you've never seen Field of Dreams either. No, see, three of them were Kevin Costner movies, and on principle, I for avoid- love of the game, was that another one? That was the other one. Yes, I avoid. Kevin Costner movie, something about his face. I don't know. I, I don't I, think you're going to hate like 25 year old Kevin Costner. Here's my hot take. Field of Dreams is not as good as people make it out to be. No, it's it, it's a it's a classic. It's a good movie. It's whatever. It's yeah, not it's not terrible. Top. It's not in my top five baseball movies. No, top. I mean, top five is like Major League, The Natural, and you know, Bull Durham, etc. Like that's everybody has a very similar top five. Moneyball's yeah. up. Moneyball's money up, ball's there. up there, yeah. Moneyball, God, the soundtrack is so good. And I'd say top three for me is like A League of Their Own, Moneyball, and... Uh, Gotta say Major League. Major don't get, League yeah, actually, Major League would be the third. Don't get the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not forget some other classic baseball movies, the two that came out about the same time, The Rookie and... Uh, yeah. What was the other one? I always get the rookie confused and little big league. 
They all came, they they came out like the same time. Rookie rookie of the year in little big league. Yeah, that's what I meant. The rookie is the one with uh, like Dennis. Dennis uh, Quaid. Quaid, yeah. So rookie Somebody. of the year, we're funky butt loving, and then oh. <laughs> funky butt loving. God, it's good. And then uh, <laughs> little big league, where the kid is the manager. That one's not as good as rookie of the year. Is pretty funny. It's got John Candy in it too. Was Angels in the Outfield any good, or was that really stupid? It was, it was terrible. It was, it was okay. terrible. Because I saw it when I was in Disney World, when I was, I, my sister was not born yet, so I was younger than five, but I remember watching it just vaguely and thinking that I was getting bit by mosquitoes, and my parents should have taken me inside at some fucking campground. <laughs> but I can't remember the movie. I just wondered if it was bad or not. <laughs> also... We haven't mentioned the Sandlot. People are going to get. Oh yeah, that's in the top five. The Sandlot's a great movie. To me, it is a baseball movie, but it's almost like filed or like childhood movies. It's like a coming of age movie. Yeah, right. Great. It's still funny as an adult, but like it's not adult enough for me to put it in my. Now I'm an adult top five. Burmy, I'm going to hit you with an analogy that's going to blow your mind. Please do. The Sandlot is to a baseball movie as Die Hard is to a Christmas movie. Ooh, that's that's fair. That's what I'm saying. I knew it would blow your yeah. mind. Coop, my mind, my mind, my mind looks like a toilet bowl at Epcot right now. Burmy's mind looks like JFK right now. Oh God, the JFK, JFK emoji. Cal, you have to watch uh, Die Hard. Yes, I don't... Yes, yes. It's a must. Just do it. Just do it. It's good. I promise. I would not steer you I'll watch it and I will report back as to whether or not I think it's actually a Christmas movie. It is. I'm thinking it might not be. I think it might just be a movie. There's a line... No, there's a line where... uh, It's not giving away the plot. Where the guy reads off of the dead body. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, because it's because it's at Christmas. Because like, it's, it's a Christmas even, movie at a Christmas party. Not, There's Christmas trees. Yeah, because that's the fucking decorations of the movie. Is that is it actually a Christmas movie? It is. Could it have been the writer of the Easter, movie? The writer. Have fucking trees. If it room. if the if it was set at Easter, it wouldn't be a Christmas movie. It'd be an Easter movie. Yeah. See, that that's where you lose me. I don't believe it's nope. actually a Christmas movie. The writer said it was a Christmas movie. Who's the writer? Like I fucking know. I mean, Sean, John, you long staff. Yeah. <laughs> Bob C. Writer. Find out what they think. Did they write it as a Christmas movie, or did they write it as a? It's a Christmas really movie. Dumb dinner party, and it went awry. It's not a dinner party. <laughs> it's a party party Everyone with cocaine. Told me it's not a dinner party, and dinner parties sound fucking terrible. It's I not. Trust this movie. What kind of dinner parties do terrorists break into? Seriously. Oh, the ones that absolute dicks probably throw. No, it's a party. Ellis is doing cocaine during the party. I have a listener question. Hans. Bubby. (laughs) Okay, your listener question. What is your favorite movie scene of all time? Favorite movie scene of all time? Yes. Mm, That's going to be tough. Fuck, where Tom Hanks dies at the end of Saving Private Ryan, that gets me every time. That's a good one. Oh, fuck, that, 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 one, that one chokes me up. Okay. My favorite my, movie scene of all time is the business card scene from American Psycho. That's good. I've got mine. When he 
loses his absolute shit because the other guy's name is embossed on his card. And I just, I love it. My favorite scene is in The Dark Knight when the Joker breaks in on the meeting between the mobsters. And he starts just insulting them. And he takes the pencil and sticks it into the the table and he goes would you like to see a magic trick and then the guy comes over and he slams him into the pencil into his skull and he goes it's gone <laughs> i will say that that it takes a lot to shock or appall me anymore and that actually shocked me i was stunned i did not see that coming that's probably that whole scene where he's he's talking and he's like and the and he goes the tv's He's talking about the guy on the TV. He's like, the TV, he's a squealer. <laughs> I don't know, that whole scene. That was a really good scene. That's You're probably right. my favorite. Phenomenal. Although, if we're doing baseball, Ledger, if, if we're doing baseball scenes, definitely, uh, you know, the scene in Moneyball where what does he do? Gets on base. Oh, if we're doing baseball you know. movie scenes, I'm going to say... And and this is more because of the bad dubbing they used to do on regular TV, but when uh, Ricky Vaughn comes in at the end in Major League and oh yeah, um, Corbin Burnson comes over to him to Charlie Sheen and he's like, I only got one thing to say to you, and he says, strike this motherfucker out. But if you w- yeah. when they used to dub it on like regular TV, it would be like, strike this guy out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We're doing favorite baseball scene. It's the legendary piss that Tom Hanks takes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like two minutes or some nonsense. It just keeps on going. Have you never taken a drunk two-minute piss? No, I mean, I have, which, which is why I just... <laughs> <laughs> this is like a fucking endeavor. This is something that you're committed to. You're taking a minute to do this. Shout out oh. Tom Hanks. Shout out to Tom Hanks. He obviously <laughs> listens to the podcast. He definitely listens to the podcast. So... <laughs> I don't know the ending scene in the natural too, where he hits the homer, and the music's playing, and you know like the sparks. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like he's bleeding out, or the scene where he hits the hits the cover off the ball. That's, the, a, that's a good one too. The other I, scene. I haven't seen the natural either. Why is oh he bleeding out? What the fuck? The other scene in Major League where uh, they're arguing about uh, Joe Boo and oh. <laughs> and Harris goes, "Are you telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball?" <laughs> That might be. Also, oh no, the the, meet, the meeting on the mound at Bull Durham, where he's like, "Candlesticks make a nice day." So that brings us to the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. We'll go around here and have everyone nominate the biggest dick of the week, and I'm going to go first. And I'm probably going to take yours, Burmy, but Rob Manfred is absolutely my nomination for Cornhog of the Week. Not just with the whole thing with the minor leagues, but his attitude about it. About, oh, well, we'll just start our own leagues. No, fuck you, Rob Manfred. Bernie, your nominee. Rob Manfred. <laughs> That's two votes. I, I, abs- I absolutely second the Rob Manfred notion. Rob Manfred is the dick of the week. Fuck you, Rob Manfred. Everybody go check out my pinned tweet if you want to make fun of Rob Manfred. Callie, your Tom Brennan Memorial, Cornhog of the Week. Rob Manfred is absolutely terrible, but for sake of keeping it a little bit different, there was a gentleman in my store today named Gary, and Gary 
said the wrong thing to his wife today, and it makes him cornhog of the week. Gary, out of nowhere, looks at her after they've been perusing the wares for like 25 minutes or so, and she's ready to go. A bunch of kids behind them, touching things, making noise, constantly saying, don't touch that, don't touch that. Like she's ready to go. She's done. And Gary looks at her and says, you should make an inventory of all of my baseball memorabilia so that I know what I have. And she, without skipping a single beat, looks at him and goes, you know what, Gary, I'm going to get right on that task as soon as I'm done raising your children. Oh my God. Ouch. That woman left with two balls that she did not walk in with and holy shit, they are invaluable. <laughs> Ouch. Get fucked. Uh, Gary just got fucked. I had to out of the room because I was laughing so hard. I could not handle it. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. Poor, poor Gary. <laughs> My impression of Gary was that he was doing just fine and maybe needed to lay off. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just need to settle down a little bit. Gary. Simmer down, Gary. Simmer down, Gary. Simmer he down. dragged his entire family to a store where you can't really touch anything. They're all like, well, it's his wife and then a bunch of fucking kids under the age of like nine. I don't know what he thought was going to be fun not, about this experience. Did he not read the sign on the door that says must be 18 or order to enter? I don't think he read the sign that said like, if, if you make my idiot list, I will publicly shame you. Ooh, yeah, yeah. that... Bad move, bad move, care, bad move, care bear. Well, and here's the thing. Shout, shout out to Polly. Here's the thing. Shout out to Polly. Shout out, Polly. Shout out to Polly. Like you said, there's a lot of breakable stuff in there. Why are you bringing your kids to bounce off the walls? You're... I don't. I, you know, if you want to bring kids in and they can look with their eyes like eighty percent of the time, even even shit. We'll, we'll, we'll lower it to, like, 65. Just keep your hands off the stuff that's, like, real expensive, please. Yeah, I, I love that they are get excited about it, but it's just like, Jesus. Like, has this, this child ever left your house before? Does it know the world? No. <laughs> does, does it know the world? No. Does it? Well, does it? Does it? <laughs> so that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts. And let's start with you, Burmy. Yeah, my uh, final thoughts. Uh, number one, fuck Rob Manfred. But more importantly, I finally tried the spicy chicken sandwich for Popeyes tonight. And? You know, maybe it's a hot take, but I still think Wendy's is better. I mean, it sounds about me white. Wrong. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. You know, I've had about enough of you. you know and I, I maybe I just didn't have a great one. It wasn't, the reason I say it is. The chicken was amazing. The chicken itself was incredible. It wasn't that spicy. That's fair. They That's fair. Yeah, maybe they didn't I put enough seasoning on. That's that. That was my that was my point. Is like, I know when I'm eating a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's, it's, it's got a little kick, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've tried other spice. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's definitely number two I've ever had. But it, it just wasn't that hot. So to me, it was just like a really good chicken sandwich. And like Where I said, Chick-fil-A land with you. Yeah, I actually I don't know if I've had a spicy chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A. I usually go there and yeah, criticize me. I get the nuggets or I get the Southwest salad. So uh, I get I usually get the nuggets. To be fair. I just get the, usually yeah. the regular chicken sandwich. Well, then I will try a spicy chicken sandwich. There's a Chick Fil A right next to my house. There you so go. So I will I will check that out. Just not on Sunday. 
no, I will not have it on Sunday. But I will try it. I will try it sometime and uh, report back with findings. But yeah, I thought the, you know, it, it just wasn't as good. The, the the chicken was better, no doubt. The chicken was better, but for a spicy chicken sandwich, I was like, eh. So, Callie, but, you were saying something about like you had a confession to make. Yeah. Okay. So the first time that Sarah, uh, shout out Sarah, and I had a pie sure. chicken sandwich, I had I had hyped this motherfucker up to a point where if I was wrong, I was gonna feel very ashamed. Like it needed to be good. And uh, we go to Popeyes and get spicy chicken sandwiches. And this is the second one that I've had at this point, and it was not not as good as the first one. And she was very very excited so i was not going to say that it was not as good as the first one but this the following weekend we had another one we got another spicy chicken sandwich from popeyes and it was better than the first one that i had so i feel like she's finally experienced the real popeyes chicken sandwich and i can i i feel more honest now i'm, I'm glad that she's had to <laughs> so, i was really concerned during the experience the second one that I had, first one she had, that, you know, like, what the hell is this? It's not that good. But, so is that right. your final thought, or do you have other final thoughts? Fuck Rob Manfred. Yeah, fuck Manfred. Well, yeah, fuck him. Oh, my God. So for my final thought, I wanted to give a special shout-out to Patrick Sparks, because 15 years ago today, he beat Louisville after he walked and got fouled on a three-pointer with less than one second to go. It made all three. So I wanted to give a special shout-out to Patrick. Wherever you may and, be. And a coincidental shout-out to Jer. Yes, shout-out to Jeremy. Shout-out to Jer. Yeah. I don't know if he remembers that or not. It might have got vacated from his mind. I'm not sure. But, uh... uh got him! Shout-out, Brant. No, Brant is having a rough day today, so shout he could to be on yep. the podcast. Shout-out, Brant. Shout-out to all the other people who couldn't be on tonight at the last minute. Yeah, some of y'all had better shout out to other ones for the record. Ram, like, are you at work or something? Quit your job. Yeah, Ram, quit podcast. your job so you can be on the podcast. I'm you don't really need to provide for your family. I know. Shout, shout out to Ryan for having a seance in his garage sitting on the podcast. Ooh, but, Ryan. But seriously, Ryan. though, Ram, what's your priority? Oh, really? Here? Like, what's your priority? Can't you get old enough to have jobs at this point, Ram? Like, send them to work. Come on. Why Think can't your, your Why can't your wife just work three jobs? Yeah. What the fuck? Ram, Ram definitely would come home drunk from the bar and be like, "Look at his son and go, what are you for? Get a job. You need to chip in around here." I'm just why saying. Why would the kid not pay his part of the rent? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, who? Where in the law does it say that a four-year-old can't pay rent? I'm pretty sure in my house it's a law that if you live here, you're paying your part of the rent. So I don't give a shit if you're hey, four or forty. In Bangladesh, four-year-olds oh, in Bangladesh, four-year-olds make Nikes. Oh Jesus! They uh, do. And they here in America, articulate stitching on the counterfeit Louis Vuitton. Right. And then here in America, oh no, I can't work. I'm five. Yeah. Oh, look at me. Yeah, some kind of capitalism we have. Five-year-olds right. are going to school. What is Lazy this? Fucks. Freaking late capitalism over here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag late capitalism. Hashtag late capitalism. <laughs> so, for Burmy and Callie, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, where the river winds. Across the Mason and the Dixon line.